Yes, I feel a special privilege to be able to bring the word today. It's, it is a special day, a thousand days, and I, each one of us should be very encouraged in this. Our devotional this morning is from Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And let's begin with prayer. Our Father, we are grateful that you have gathered us again this morning today on a thousand days together and we are very grateful that you have faithfully seen us through and brought us to this hour and lord as we pray we pray again that you would unite our hearts today that your holy spirit would uh, guide our words and prayers and that all that we do might be honoring to our lord jesus christ and we pray it in jesus name amen well, brethren, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, you know that it's uh, known for the kenosis passage in verses 6 through 8, where Jesus empties himself of his heavenly glory to take on human flesh and the humiliation of the cross. But these verses are not intended to teach the doctrines of incarnation or redemption or substitution, though they do teach these things. What is the Lord's purpose in them? The verses just before tell us. So let us now read in Philippians 2, starting with verse 3. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The kenosis passage in verses 6 through 8 is an illustration of this teaching in verses 3 to 5. That is how important verses 3 to 5 are. So here in these verses, 3 to 5, we have three commands. Look not on your own things, but look on others' things. And then finally, let the mind of Christ be in you. So let's look at each of these three commands briefly. First, in verse four, look not on your own things. Before we can begin to fulfill the other two commands, we must stop doing something. Before we can refill a glass with good water, we must first empty it of the dirty water. So how do we empty? The answer here is stop looking on your own stuff. This is the default setting that we're all born with ever since the fall. It comes so naturally looking on our own stuff first. It becomes normal and acceptable to us. But realize that it is a reflection of selfishness, of self-centeredness, of self-occupation. I venture to guess that most of us, when we get up in the morning, are preoccupied with thoughts of self. How do I feel today? Am I hungry? What do I want to do next? What do I want to eat? I must confess, sometimes when I come to this prayer call, I'm thinking about how my prayers will sound in the ears of others. We all want the approval of others, but our favorable performance or appearance is not where our minds are to be. 
So we have this first command, look not every man on his own things. And then now we're ready for the second command in verse 4b, look also on the things of others. This is common empathy. It is what largely separates the human race from the animals, the ability to relate to others, to take their situation onto ourselves and genuinely feel what they are feeling. Even the written words on a page can bring us to tears. And importantly, when we look on the things of others, it is the beginning of serving the poor, of giving, of hospitality, of good works, etc. It's the beginning of all good things in the Christian life. Now here is where verse 3 comes in. Verse 3 is not a command, but participles. In other words, as we go about stopping a self-focus and practicing an other focus, we do this while doing nothing through vainglory and while esteeming others better than ourselves. These are the attitudes and motivations behind the commands. We must consider others actually and really and truly as better than ourselves. Now that's easy to say, but hard to do. We have way too high an opinion of ourselves. We often think our own opinion is the correct one. Our God-given solution is to esteem others better than ourselves. This is no false humility. It means coming to the place where we actually believe this to be the case. And I must say here, I'm so grateful for the leaders of our group who demonstrate this kindness and respect for others daily. It's a privilege to pray with them and with each of you who on this thousandth day, I can also say, have demonstrated an unusual humility before God. I often think the fact that the number of prodigals that we have among us and so many other hardships have um, brought us to the place of having a broken and contrite heart. And you can notice that immediately and it unites us together. Now notice a wonderful parallel here. It is as if God is interpreting these commands for us right in this passage. Compare the clauses in verses three and four. At the beginning of the verses in verse four, look not every man on his own things. And in verse three, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Looking on our own things first is filled with vainglory and it leads to strife. And then in the second part of the verses, in verse four, look every man also on the things of others. And in verse three, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. We, when we esteem others as better, it leads to looking after their interests more often. So that's the first two commands. Now, finally, there is a third command in verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what follows is the kenosis his extreme acts of humility. If we could only have some part of the mind of Christ, 
If we could learn to think like he thinks, we would be quite okay in this world. For example, we see a large crowd of hungry people, perhaps sweaty, unruly, and disgruntled. And I think, let me out of here. Where's the nearest exit? But in Mark 6, 34, we have this. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. In Luke 7, 13, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. In Luke 10, 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Jesus saw spiritual needs all around him. He is the Lord of glory, holy, loving, kind, merciful, gracious. But in all recorded history in the word of God, he only used two words ever to describe himself. What do you think they were? He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Matthew eleven twenty nine, meek and lowly. Now, what does this mean in practical terms for us? I think on this thousandth day, uh, it's quite appropriate for us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ and to learn from him practically. We all have personal responsibilities, so it's quite okay for me to pray for my own children first and foremost. But esteeming others' interest above my own means I will not pray for them only. I will also pray for many others for the needs I know about. When it comes to mealtimes, I will not think mainly about what I would like to eat. I will think about what the family might like to eat. When it comes to an outing, I will not think about what I would like to do, but what the others might like to do. And when I'm at church, I will not think about who I would like to see, but who might need a word of encouragement. So, brethren, let us love our Jesus Christ with all our hearts. He is our great exemplar. Let us have the humble mind of Christ as we pray. And let us pray fervently for the lost in great revival because we love them. And then also let us pray for each other because we love each other, because we have compassion for one another, because we esteem, esteem one another's interests above our own. Amen.